All right, we're starting our podcast here in the new headquarters of DU. World headquarters. What do you think, Brian? I like it. You got a bathroom. We're going to have (laughs) a bathroom. You almost have a bathroom. There's no walls in it yet. You can see through it. Um, Upgrade from the porta potty. Big up. Well, kind of. You'll get no privacy right now. (laughs) Once we get walls on it, Brian's going to make us a sink back there. Right? Yep. And uh, I got to put this demising wall in and get some power in here. And I think January, I think we'll be moving in. So, um, sizably bigger, right? Yeah. What is it, how three how or tall do you think that ceiling is, Jason? I'm not good with measurements. It's like 25. Foot. No. 22. 20, 25. 22. Jason's going to be our guy that changes the light bulbs. Yeah. The shortest guy in the shop. Anybody afraid of heights? <laughs> so. Anyways, we got we were in here because we uh, Brian had to build us a sink, so he had to come take some measurements, and we threw together one of his new dog boxes. That Brian's the dog box man. I'm the dog box guy. Alder Grove dog boxes. What made you start that? Well, <clears throat> I was uh, working at a metal shop and needed a box, so I made the first one out of some stainless, and it was heavy and not really what I wanted and we decided to make something out of aluminum and then it just sort of one of those things that took off you know a buddy wanted one another guy wanted one and then all of a sudden you know someone from idaho would come over and look at one that i made and want something like it and once i got a cad guy involved in drawing and actually being able to model something up that wasn't just being cut out by hand it uh just i guess organically grew into a something else and started making them and selling them Stainless didn't work out? No, it would. It was just heavier and a lot more money to make. So I've made a few stainless ones since. Actually, yeah. the one that you sold, remember? But it had yeah, a water tank and a fuel cell. Big all one that, yeah. for, uh, for Rico. Yeah. That thing was sick. Yeah. I mean, you could eat off of it. Did you get to see it? I don't buddy? know if I've seen that one or not. I think you were gone because we Brian actually, uh, I think you put it Installed in the truck it, yeah. and everything. I had yeah. to take his bed bolts out, unbolt the whole thing, and we, we mounted it permanently in his truck. But it had a... You know, toolbox. It had doors that dropped down for water. Um, Twenty-gallon fuel cell we made. It was it was a pretty extravagant stainless box. But other than that, you know, a lot of guys want aluminum just because of the lightweight and they are cheaper to make. So, so why are we going with it? Because I know I, a while ago I told I, I was like, man, we need to make a bolt together box, Brian. And you were like, no, we made one years ago. Yeah, Don's using that. Yeah, was well, for a while. it just seems like they weren't. Uh, I didn't really feel like we could make one as good as we have now, you know, and a lot of people wanted, you know, welded together. And that was part of the reason that I think my boxes took off to where they have now was we do everything by hand. You know, there's no spool gun welding. It's, I mean, it's all TIG welded by hand. You know, the guys that do this are, uh, you know, they're certified TIG welders and most of them do aluminum welding for, you know, a living. So we can make a box that looks a little bit better than the average guy making these you should have seen my first box i built out of aluminum <laughs> yeah. spool gun. You're talking about spool it was like old spool gun and i yeah i'm a better grinder see. i'm you a better should. grinder than i am welder. well and that's the other thing too is you know i'm not going to put down every other box competitor but they they do the same you know they grind all the edges and holes they'll grind down welds i mean it's just you know it's just not the same yeah so if you want something that looks good too you know and it looks i mean a lot like the standard boxes. Yeah. You know. Going down the road, you wouldn't notice this was bolted together. Mm-mm. No. I mean, it looks just like your other boxes. And even picking it up, I mean, it, it is sturdy. I like the roof supports in it. That, yeah. 
you know, shit, so you can yeah. pull the divider if you don't want it. Or, yeah, and that's something we've never had before is a, you know, you, you either order it with or without. And, you know, the custom ones are great and they'll always be there, but this is nice for somebody that doesn't want to pay an arm and a leg to ship out a custom box. This is for, more for the guy that just wants a nice box that he can, you know, order from you guys and just get it here in a few days and not have to wait, you know, a long lead time on a, on a custom one. Yeah. Because the shipping alone has been... How much yeah. has shipping increased over the last, let's say, year, two years? Yeah, it's I mean, some of that cost. Corona. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Rona. Something that used to be $250, you know, a couple states away, has now turned into six to $700. Mm-hmm. Um, I did just shipped one, and it was over $900 to get it back east, and that used to be about 300 350 So, Yeah, wow. so this was sort of a, I mean, you know, there's still going to be the guy that wants a one-off custom, you know, outfitters, guides, those guys that yeah. want something, but these should be able to move a little bit easier and we're still gonna we're still gonna offer that for for people if they want a custom box it's just that they want to pay the freight cost just to realize right. that you're gonna spend yeah and those will always have and... lead times those are always gonna be you know depending on where we're <laughs> at your, don't throw the number out there because it changes me, what's your number <laughs> <laughs> what's your number <laughs> right man? now it's probably like six weeks huh six to eight yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when we first started, we were like, I want them ready to go within like two weeks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. It never works out like that. No, not now. No. Well, so, and you know, I work with Brian ma- mainly, I would yeah. say out of anybody in the shop on these boxes and it, the custom builds are awesome because people can get what they want, but it takes so much time to get the CAD drawing made up and then get it sent over for approval. I mean, shoot for the average right. box. We spend a week just getting it lined out. Yeah, you know, and changes and yeah, waiting time where this is something that can just. Ship I always, out. I always think that anything custom, it's awesome, and I'll never deny taking one because the pictures afterwards are always great, and they sell guys on maybe a few more standard ones, but mm-hmm. it, that seems to be what a lot of guys were wanting. So hopefully, this is a, another option. So yeah, yeah, we're going to be around two grand, I think, shipped is what we're we're targeting for yep. these boxes. That's what we're hitting, yeah, and uh, if I don't know if this will go out before Black Friday or not, but. It, it could. It, it might be next week's podcast. It depends on what Buddy decides to do tomorrow. If I go hunting or not. <laughs> you, you change your mind I a haven't lot. been able to go hunting. Well, I've, been, I've been elk hunting. Well, I, I don't even, I've been camping. Wait, yeah, camping my butt. You guys whacked three deer, both kids. You got yours, right? Yeah. We, I, I Last, it was like a, like Tyler, I, my boy Bradley and Tyler. And she killed one. And I go, can I go for one little drive tonight? <laughs> so we were like, yeah, we just, we before were supposed we to home. home. Before we drive home. Just let me go try once. Cause, and sure enough, there was a stupid one standing there. I, I got it. So fast. We, we all got, I just picked up meat yesterday. Um, but my elk hunting was a little different story. Yeah. Did I send you the picture? Yeah, you didn't send the pictures. I can imagine. Uh, I got a, a teepee, Brian. I packed up. I had this whole grand plan to be up there like, you know, not super far in there, but three miles, um, three miles in, you know, try to be right on top of the elk and it decided to snow and, uh, me and Mike. So we had the two days, we get up there Friday night, hunt, well not hunt, cut firewood with the handsaw. I've tried every handsaw imaginable and they all suck. Tune in for buddy's handsaw reviews. <laughs> I, I need a, hand, you don't I need a handsaw with w a string spine. and a motor. That's what I want. But we walked in the second day and that's my deep. Oh, that kind of sucks. Oh yeah, it, it was, looks like a pancake. It, it looks was, like a watered up tarp. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the elk came through and stomped it down for you. <laughs> the snow did it first, and then, yeah. and then there was some elk there. But yeah, it. Uh, and going into it, the, I loved listening to him and Mike talk about this trip and what was going to happen because it was like, it was. Sad. My God, Buddy was going to kill a freaking elk. 
Like that was I was it. I was in for it. This is what we get there, and it's like cutting firewood. And it was like you, you look at this pile of firewood, the little eight inch rounds, you know, and, and think, okay, we're good. And then you burn it all. I mean, twenty two degrees. I had a twenty degree sleeping bag, and I swear those. It's a survival rating, not a comfort I, rating. I, yeah. I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> it didn't feel like there's, I was going to survive. There's no guarantee that no. you'll make it through the night. <laughs> right. That's what my dad always told me. That is a, that's a, a survival rating. Yeah. <laughs> don't plan on being warm. So I stayed all night learning and, and inspecting how to build a fire in the little titanium wood stove. I'm mm. I'm master at it now. I know how I know <laughs> the right damper. I mean, in out. I mean, it was just, it was, it was dialed. Woke up the next morning, no firewood. I'm like, crap. So, so we went for a short hunt, and I was like, okay, we got to do some chores, build some firewood. I mean, we cut a pile of firewood, thinking, we're good for a couple of days. Wake up the next morning, no firewood. I told Mike, I said, screw this. We're going hunting, and then we'll hike our way back to the truck, and uh, we'll go get a sawzall. I'm like, I'll go get a battery sawzall, and that'll just knock the firewood out. Yeah, collapsed TP when we got back. <laughs> Sawzall cut about a night's worth of firewood before the battery ran down. It was <laughs> the rain came on top of the. It was just one miserable camping trip. I don't know if it was yeah. a camping trip. It wasn't even enjoyable. Well, it was sort like, of. There was no teepee. It wasn't really camping the, towards the end of it. it was yeah, like, but it's one of those times where we always look back and remember, you know, what not to do yeah. next time. <laughs> I have a lot of those. Yeah, I think <laughs> everybody that point. hunts with hounds thinks about those. A did lot. you take the sleds? I did. I brought the sleds up the second time. Did you take two stroke oil. Yeah, two stroke oil. I got a fire, sleds fired up, and that wet, nasty snow. I thought, you know what I mean, like, because there's one spot, there's one spot, and it happened maybe ten years ago that it snowed. And I mean, I bet you there was two hundred elk tracks through this area. So I was like, if it ever snows again, that's the <laughs> spot I'm going to. So I was like, told told Mike, I'm like, bring the sleds up. We're gonna hunt that. Those elk are gonna move through, and we're gonna just. There's going to be three bulls just, we're going to stack all of them right there where we need to. And it didn't happen. Like the snow, snowmobiles suck. <laughs> There's a reason I haven't got back to that snowmobile box. <laughs> the, the snowmobile trailer. We always get people asking about that. I yeah. had it off of them once. So, and I don't know if I, I'd go with you again, probably, but that was interesting. We spent more time shoveling sleds than we did riding them. Yeah. I always felt like that was the biggest positive of living where we live, is being on the west side where there's not a lot of snow unless you get way up in the mountains. And you don't get snow. Being able to hunt anything you, you like to hunt without having to deal with the snow. Mm-hmm. Normally, that's the case. But when it is snow... It's 2020, though. But when I it's mean, snow, everybody that thinks they have dogs go out and hunt it, and then they're driving around all over, and mm-hmm. you know, as soon as the snow goes, they leave, and then... You're back to being able to hunt again. Hunt again, yeah, yeah. with no traffic. <laughs> yeah. And it's crappy snow. Yeah. It's right. Wet, if it snows frozen. around here, yeah, it's eight, ten inches, and then the next day it's slush, and then it's froze solid ice at night, and you got 24 hours at most to hunt it, and you're done. Yeah. And you're back to wishing it would melt off for four or five days. We've been snowed out with, I mean, four inches of snow, and you just can't get anywhere once it freezes. I mean, it, yeah. it's not like that powder stuff. Yeah. So what dogs you got right now, Brian? I have sold all the cat dogs to hopefully people listening. How many to this. times have you sold your cat dog? <laughs> Just twice. Just twice. Okay. Well, I start, you know, I started coon hunting, and yeah. that's where I started building some boxes, and then met some guys, did the bear permits for Warehouser, so I did that for I think five years, six years, and and did that, and that's sort of what got me into not just coon hunting, and then from 
the bear thing, I, I sort of did beagles like I did as a kid and was just rabbit hunting. And then uh, what happened was I was up hunting where <clears throat> there was snow and yeah. seen cat tracks all over and just thought, man, I just need to get some hounds again. And so we did that and the first time failed miserably. I think I caught <laughs> seven cats the first year and put a lot of miles behind them and went to more slick trees than, than tree jobs. And so sold those and just sort of kept the beagle thing and then uh tried the cat thing one more time met some real deal guys in in my book and uh sort of took me under their wing a little bit and you know bought some of those kind of dogs and went went to town for i think three or four years and and then really the reason i'm sold out now is to take on doing dog boxes more and uh the company that we're trying to build and, and get that over to another state hopefully and be able to have hounds again here shortly yeah so right now i just have beagles we're just we're just doing the the rabbit dog thing for you said those year. kind of dogs though i mean like for the listeners who don't know the pacific northwest cat dog is kind of its own ordeal it seems like yeah yeah i mean everybody thinks their area has the hardest cats to catch i feel like and i and i've traveled i've i haven't hunted everywhere but i have been to texas oklahoma and stuff mm-hmm. and I, I would agree those kind of running dogs that have to be able to handle, you know, very humid conditions, 90 degree days every day are a different kind of dog, but you can still catch with these kind mm-hmm. of dogs. Um, and it's just like, you know, the difference between maybe what I like and what maybe you guys, what you have compared to what Buddy has is different. We all right. live in the I same like misery. Misery. Yeah. <laughs> misery. <laughs> well, like, you know, I, I had a lot of dogs and if I tried to put down on a snow track, it normally didn't end as well as if I just let them strike and figure out which ends right and just do their own thing, you know, com- oh, yeah. compared. So, oh, even um, like that Rose dog I got from you, you know, like right. you said, she's going to make a dog. It just wasn't what you, you were looking right. for. Yeah. And she fits into my program. Awesome. Right. And everybody's a win-win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, everybody likes something a little different. You know, the kind of dogs that I sort of leaned towards was a more quiet style, drifty, head up. You know, I didn't really cold trail. I didn't have to have a dog that could take a really bad track in the snow for hours because mine might go three, 400 yards, turn around and stomp it all out where a dog like what you guys might like would take that track a lot better mm-hmm. and longer without coming back. And But, you know, I'll go to the coast and you know, couple, oh, yeah. you know, couple trips, get a couple up and, and not have to, uh, do as much cold trail. So do you hunt that coast ground a lot? Yeah, that's pretty much all. I, I went to the Cascades, you know, a handful of times every year, like this time of year when it's elk season, I'd be in the Cascades, mm-hmm. um, to avoid all the, the elk guys, but I never really laid them up during any of the seasons because in, you know, in Oregon, you don't have to. So yeah. I'd hunt deer and elk rifle season with the dog still, right. just have to do it at night or, or deal with getting yelled at. Yeah, <laughs> tell you some stories that probably don't have enough tape on here to cover all those, but <laughs> and words you probably shouldn't say. Yeah, no, but yeah, um, I try to so. avoid the deer and elk. I mean, you always end up. I had one time like I was up hunting in this area, and I knew there wasn't any hunters in there, so I was like, oh, I'll just hunt this area, you know, try and pick and choose where, where you know right. there's elk hunters. And boy, I had a guy stomping out of the woods, mad. I mean, mad. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, like I had my wife with me. It was a pretty good story. I feel like up. the, the worst thing about hunting during deer season is the game wardens that will stop and harass you because you're out there with dogs or they see the dog box. Yep. And, uh, I know last year wasn't that bad. I got stopped once, but the year prior I'd been stopped four times and, uh, 
when they had a, they'd set up a sting operation and everything thinking we're out there doing something we shouldn't be, you know, no guns in the truck. We're just, you know, pursuit season. And, yeah. and I come back from a tree and my truck was parked close to a gate and another guy's truck was there and they come, we come up, we're talking for a few minutes and getting the truck to leave. And there's game wardens behind our trucks in front of our trucks, hiding in the brush, listening to <laughs> us. And they come barreling out and stop us. And long story short, they're, they're checking our fingernails. They're dumping out my thermos of coffee, thinking we're out there poaching, you know, bear goals or putting, something. Yeah. What are you putting in the thermos of coffee? Oh, well, they're, you know, allegedly bear goals. Yeah. Oh, Guys really? used to do that back in the eighties up here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, how does yeah, that they make the coffee ch- taste? Checking, yeah, well, no, you don't normally bring coffee with <laughs> like you. That's just funny. <laughs> no, nah, but they checked our boots and everything. It was pretty, pretty. In, I just pretty don't know crazy. what to do with your coffee, man. I want coffee on my, you know, my yeah. thermos. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's no coffee on the drive home that day, huh? Nope. They just dumped it all out. Dumped, for... They dumped it out. They checked our boots and they didn't even buy a cup. No, no, oh, man. No, but that was probably the, one of the, one of the worst times. That's but. frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it seems like in these Western states, you have, you know, you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent, and that's just yeah. the way it'll go. How many game wardens were there? Four. Four of them. They all jumped out to scare the crap oh, yeah. out of you. Oh yeah, two, two behind, two in front. Yeah. <laughs> but sa- same guy stopped me the following weekend, not far from that same spot, and uh, you know, didn't actually check everything, but he did check my bag, asked if he could, and made sure there was no gun in it as I was coming out from a different gate. Doing the yeah. same thing, walking down with dogs from another tree or something, and it just... And if they only knew the that is. you were out there doing that 100 days a year... You know, that's the <laughs> thing that I've always <clears throat> thought of, you know, when, when you're sitting on top of a hill and you're just listening to dogs run, uh, no matter what kind of dogs you're, you're hunting, you know, whether it's you're running legal game, illegal game, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, I always thought, you know, if you're not out there to poach anything, you don't have a gun on you, that that, that can be illegal in certain states, and right across the border, it's fine to do it, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. just so frustrating you know that was part of the reason that you know i did sell the hounds and went back to beagles was you know to have in my eyes to have hounds it takes a lot you know it takes more than weekends it takes i mean it's an everyday kind of kind of deal and you know to not be able to hunt year-round or not be able to uh put that time and effort into a pack just seems not fair to the dogs you know so might as well throw in the towel if you can't really put everything into it yeah no to me it is a, a lot of people don't understand how dedicated it takes to. Right. And everybody has different levels of it. There's a guy that coon hunts on the weekends and then that's great for him. Or there's guys that lay him up for four months because when their season hits, they're out there just pounding it hard and, and yeah. getting shit caught or whatever. But to me, you know, cause I don't deer hunt. I don't elk hunt. I've never done anything but dogs. So, I mean, it didn't matter what they caught. I've had squirrel dogs, rabbit dogs, bear dogs, whatever. But, you know, it's pretty much whatever they hunt is what I hunt. You know, I don't really ever drift too far from what the dogs right. do just because, you know, every time I'm not hunting them, I'm thinking about getting out tomorrow or next day or what's the weather like or, you know, just yeah, just like anybody else, you know. That yeah, <laughs> is, it's a huge, huge commitment. And I think, uh, like I've seen it firsthand, the difference between, hunting weekends or you know one weekend a month or two weekends a month the one day a week to three days a week it's like the leaps yeah. and bounds of improvement and the ability to watch a dog progress it's pretty crazy once you start hitting that yeah and anybody that hunts you know i'm, I'm not trying to talk bad about hunting just weekends that's what most people have that's you know do what you almost can. everybody's yeah you know it's the way that they live their well, life so. I, I was told you know there's some if a guy can only hunt weekends and he catches you know x amount of cats 
I mean, he's got some pretty nice dogs. You know, no I mean, kidding. If, no. Compared to people who hunt you know, six days a week, right? I can can actually put some numbers together on the weekends because that's what he's got. You know, he's got a family and mm-hmm. a job and all that, and he can't hunt but the weekends, and he still goes out there and catches one or two cats a weekend or three cats a weekend. Yeah, that's that's, that's impressive great. in its in its own right. Just because I can't do that, I mean, I gotta have my dogs dialed. Yeah, I can only think of a couple of people that I know that have dogs. Like the dogs I had, you know, they had to be pretty much tuned up and in shape to be able to put up any kind of numbers. But I know some guys that, yeah, they'll lay them up for months and then they'll hunt just the weekends and they'll go out and normally catch at least one or two a weekend. And, you know, they're happy with it. I'd I'd be happy with that too if, you know, that's yeah. what I was <laughs> if you didn't have to work so no. hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might, you know, they might have more getaway. I mean, I guess to me, I was always more of the you know, I'd get more upset if a dog, if the dog's got beat, you know, on, on a jump track, you know, cause I, you know, I feel like if you got the right pack of dogs, you shouldn't get beat very often where a guy on the weekend might get beat every other race, but you know, that's just how it is Yeah, right. yeah. with, you know, dogs not shaping. That's sort of where I was getting to when I, when I did sell, um, you know, what was it? Seven months ago, eight months ago now, maybe it was. I wasn't able to hunt them throughout the week as much. I'd still get out one day of the week, but it'd be weekends and stuff. And uh, it seemed like you could notice that difference in in the pack. You know, it just oh, yeah. it was they weren't as in tune as you hope. And it was only going to get worse if I kept trying to hunt. You know, hunting at night, not sleeping. I mean, going to work on two hours of sleep or nothing. <laughs> but you, it's fine every now and then. But when you're trying to do that week after week, it, it catches it up. Wears and, on you. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's not fair to the dogs or you if you're not able to put the time into it. And now you're running them log-legged beagles? Yeah, we got quite a few. I've got probably 15 right now. <laughs> we're... I know, we made some custom leashes for you that were pretty slick. Yeah. Like gang chain. How are they working? They work. I, I just used them a few times um, when you hunt some of those. Uh, they have a lot of these pheasant release sites where there's cottontails that you can go hunt. But I mostly just hunt them like hounds up in the woods, you know, they... The beagles are roaded just like you rode your cat dogs or bear dogs or whatever, um, you know. And, uh, yeah, I try to get beagles that are sort of like how I liked cat dogs where they're more head up running, trying to catch a rabbit on the ground or a hare. You know, most of, most of what I run are snowshoe hares mm-hmm. up in the mountains. But, you know, try to get a dog that's running to catch it, not just happy barking on the track, you know, right. kind of dog. So. so you rode your dogs for the rabbit tracks? Yeah, I'll just rode them like, you know, like where you'd go take a dog if you were to, uh, you know, like a good reprod patch or whatever, you know, or good long spur that you'd want to box down with hounds. I'll do the same, except they're not on the box or, you know, I just rode them. Um, but, you know, ideally dogs like that, they sort of have to drift out off the road and get, you know, maybe 80, 100 yards off the road and get up in the brush and then sort of follow your truck as you rode and they'll be crossing out in front of you, you know, sort of like a good, you know, almost bird dog in it kind of kind of way. How many so, How many tracks do you like start but don't get started i guess you know when or is it like a cat where you watch them crank up and you know hey we're gonna yeah. start one yep, here they'll crank tails will go they don't really open i don't like cold nosed dogs that open a lot so if they bark if i have a dog that barks more than a few times and don't produce a rabbit I'm, i won't keep them if yeah. they start open and they shouldn't trail very far you know maybe 100 yards at most on a rabbit or something or, okay. or, or on a hare and then they should should jump do you find yourself hunting a lot of the same spots i mean because snowshoes big food source for cats so I'm yeah i go like where your cats were yeah i go to the same spots that i was cat hunting you know exactly there's no in the game i mean yeah. and i think that's what a lot of hunters new hunters miss is uh 
know your game. Like I've gone with, I've tried to help a few younger guys out with the beagles that have maybe bought a few pups that I've had recently or something. They'll come back out with their dog or two and, you know, they go out for hours and don't even run a rabbit. And that's yeah. just crazy to me because I know right where to go where I've been with, with cat dogs or, or beagles before. But that's just it. If you get, you know, guys that don't really know what to look for, it's hard to find any kind of game if you're not in the right spot. Yeah, you can't run it if you can't find it. What's the biggest difference you see between a cat dog and a beagle dog, like a rabbit dog? Um, Why don't you use beagles on cats, I guess would be, you know what I mean? Or, I've heard, or, or, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of, well, there's been some of those half beagle, half cat. I just don't think they can put the same pressure to them, you know? Why? Just the legs aren't there, right? I mean, they're just, they're not Shorter. the same. Yeah, you know, they're just a lot smaller dog that can't really mm-hmm. do it. And I don't know that beagles have, I mean, I'm not going to say that they can't do it, but I have actually, me and a, me and a buddy, uh, few years ago i think you know hayward and, and jeff settles and stuff hayward harris that comes up by mm-hmm. stuff from you guys he uh we, we did actually tree one with i had a couple of trashy beagles and uh we'd ran a cat and put it up in some some jack furs with beagles you know they were circling the thing is when a when a cat wants to get tight and circle and go back on its tracks a lot that's all beagles know how to do because right. a rabbit does the same it only has a certain home range i mean you could literally tie a rope around where it wants to live in an 800 yard patch or something on a on a hair or a rabbit so if you think five beagles running a rabbit by the time it's made three or four circles that's 20 different sense of dog tracked up on just that one rabbit and to still keep that going and figure it out you know that kind of you know nose and brain power i think would work out for for a cat but i don't think they have what it takes to get it to circle you know that cat's probably just going to get out and to cut the distance to get it jumped and yeah, I know a few guys have tried putting beagles down on cat tracks. It just never really has panned out. But and it's just the size. You think it's just the size? I think that, well, plus there's no tree instinct at all. They don't tree. Like when we we'd put one up with some dogs there, and as soon as they made a lose, they shut up and uh, they just come out and then they started running a rabbit. We walked in to where I last had uh, signal where they'd lose it, and right there was a cat in a tree, and there was eight dogs that were all spread out doing something else, running looking for <laughs> yeah, looking for a rabbit. Yeah, I mean, there's they don't have that same mentality to stick to it for hours. Because, you know, you got to think, if a rabbit goes in a hole, the dogs shouldn't stay there and bark at a hole. They should leave and find another one. The race is over. we got to find another. You don't have that happen with any kind of hound hunting. Yeah. You know, a bear goes in a den, cat goes in a hole or a rock jam, the dogs stay there and tree or dig in that hole until they, you know, until you get there normally. No, that's interesting. Beagles, you want the opposite. You know, you want them to not sit at that kind of a don't situation. Don't waste the time. Right. It's different. You know, I think anybody that gets into hound hunting that hasn't done anything, if you don't start out coon hunting, having a couple of beagles for your first year or two, definitely. I mean, you, you watch what they do. You, you see how a rabbit turned here or did this, it pulled this trick or whatever, and you can watch dogs trying to figure that out and understand a little bit more about how game moves and how the dogs work tracks because you turn loose on a cat or a bear, especially, you know, bear, you, once they leave the road, you might not see the dogs again until you're picking them up spread out all over the country and you don't know what happened. <laughs> if you don't know, you know, if you don't know dogs. Twelve hours later. If you don't know dogs or the game you're hunting, I, I would say, you know, having, you know, starting out yeah, with beagles or something could get you a little bit further ahead quicker. So let me ask you the other, the, the other side of that question. Why not use a hound on a rabbit? They overrun the track. They overrun it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you were to, you could run... Like, let's say this building that you're in from that wall to there, if you were in an area that held maybe some cottontail rabbits, it you might run like a female that doesn't leave this whole area. It's just doing this all yeah. through here. And a hound, you know, as soon as the hound picks up scent, their head comes up and they run. Well, when that hound goes 15, 20 feet past, you don't think it's much because on a cat or a bear track, it's not a big deal. 
but every time that dog has to come back and refind it and tries to take off on it again, he's constantly he's never going to be able to keep the pressure right to circle it and bring it back if they are overrunning to that extent. That's why I bought that. Well, I didn't buy him actually. Uh, Brian Shanahan ended up giving me a puppy had that was half beagle out of Brett Williams stuff, and then he was half or quarter whip it and quarter pit. And I thought, well, I'll run him on rabbits or whatever. And he does decent on blacktail jacks, but the turning power, like he didn't get enough of the beagle to make him a good rabbit dog. And he didn't get enough of like the right. other side to give him enough lung and leg to run. Mm. But they, those rabbits turn on such a dime. Yeah. I mean, and that's just it. If you have a dog, you know, you want it to run as fast as its feet can take it, but without overrunning a track. So, you know, with like with hounds, it seems like, most of them that are going to run and catch something like a cat or a bear quickly, like the running style that a lot of guys, at least over on the West side, like mm-hmm. they, they would overrun those tracks so much and it just wouldn't be worth it. Plus, you know, a rabbit might not actually get up and really stretch a hound's legs. You know, it's, they just don't run the same as anything else. You know, it's a lot smaller should, of a race. We should try it. We'll go get buddy's dog. You've got about 500 rabbits. I got a, I got a, a dog that I will strike a rabbit. It's annoying. I mean, I, yeah, oh, I've been with a guy that comes from a huge big name breeder. I won't mention him, but I remember those pups coming from from him, and uh, they, you know, these were hounds, you know, good, good, uh, good bred dogs, but they'd strike rabbits off the box like crazy. And I used to own a beagle that I'd put on the hood, and he would, you know, I'd strap him right on the hood, and he'd strike a rabbit track right off the hood, put him down, and start rabbits just like you do hounds. So, and I have I have one right now that'll strike him out of the box. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, not very common, I don't think. But he's actually, it was the grandson of that dog. So same, same lineage. Yeah, keep that, that going. That, yeah. yeah, so if you can get a get beagles to strike rabbits, that's pretty impressive. So why 15 dogs? I just have, I had two litters of pups. Okay. So I've, I'm keeping a few What's of them. What's your perfect number of dogs? For beagles? Yeah. Well, any number, because they don't cost nothing <laughs> to feed. And they, they don't cost nothing to feed, and they... they Many as you can easy. fit in the truck, huh? Many as you can pile you can on fit a lot more in boxes. that dog box. My, my dog box is actually a double-decker. I got... I got this kind of box stacked on top of another box so I can keep all the young pups and stuff. Because I'll turn out five or six and run, and then I'll go down the road and turn five or six out somewhere else and not even run them together sometimes oh. just to, you know, because I can always pick them up. Makes sense. But, That's awesome. I'm getting a text. I'm uh, working away from the shop today, so yeah, keep tabs. Uh, Jason, you keep talking. I'm going to keep I'm missing talking. my meeting. I thought I was, I, 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 I thought I was going to be one thirty and... I guess it's, I got Texas like, right now. I'm like, oh, no, not right now. We're going to get Buddy in trouble. Well, the, yeah. I guess we'll wrap it back around. I mean, these dog boxes, they're new. Uh, basically, if you guys are familiar with the Alder Grove standard boxes that we carried, um, extremely similar. The back doors, it's a skeletal door with a cover, which right. is easily removed. Your sliders on the side. I mean, you've got three rig holes. What are those, like six-inch rig holes? Yeah, I think they're six and a half, yeah. So, Some guys wanted them a little bit bigger, so it might as well go bigger. You can always shut them and make them, you know, into a four or five inch oval if you got to keep pups from getting out or anything right. like that. So, uh, but big enough they can get their heads out and rig out of the holes. Um, you know, good rig rail on it, and I, I really do think it's going to be. It's one of those things where the people that didn't want to spend the money because, like we were talking about, the shipping was just unreal on some of those boxes. I know 
Heck, we've had to eat some shipping on some of it lately because it just yeah. ended up being ridiculous. And right, and if you're, you know, if you're going to spend around the two thousand dollar mark or whatever it is on a box, you know, if you have to spend another seven hundred to ship it, that's just, you know, getting a little crazy. Yeah, so it hurts at least these we can we can get out bit. for for pennies compared to what it was. So, well, we're back on dog boxes. You build your boxes. The one thing that I like about your boxes and, and just be- one. Just one. Everything else, <laughs> everything else sucks about as long it, as there's one. <laughs> the rain. I mean, you live in the Northwest, so you know what rain is, right? I yeah. I was over to like, we go over to uh, Wisconsin or whatever, and they got those boxes that are angled. angled. And yeah, remember we uh, we brought one when we went. Yeah, we to, uh, took one to Autumn Oaks. Yeah, when I went to Autumn Oaks, we we made one the same where it angled in because they they had some reason for why they do it, but we kept the. What's the lip reason? Do you know? Top. Something about a more natural it's, rigging stance is so okay. I built a lot like that, and that was my thought: was mm-hmm. the natural, like if a dog standing with its head out and it's flat, like the bouncing around in the truck, weird position. So you yeah. angled one; it was a custom build. Yeah, we, no, we made a. We were the original ones that we were yeah. selling through W had that angle, and I felt like a lot more customers complained than wanted it. And then I I've think made it would these. be now that I think about it, I think it would be better to angle the other way. You know what I mean? Like if if you were to do and it, I've seen. Yeah, we've we've made one or two that way actually. Before, you know, because because so then you have more room for the neck yeah, and the you, cu- you know what I mean. So I I don't know. I mean I, the straight is what I go you with. Can't, now. You can't really make everyone happy. You know, you just got to make <laughs> the the majority happy, I guess. And so that was sort of why I just stuck with straight. Well, the yeah. looks that box got at Autumn Oaks, that was what we were there four days. Yeah, it was pretty crazy to be back there where a rig rack like we make is not heard of they didn't know what it was i got more questions on what things did on the box why do you need a rig hole for a head to come out why do you have a rack on the top you know they just didn't understand that so a little crazy totally different hunt it was different well it's just weird to see how different other parts of the country you go over there and it's like chevy 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 and a a box yeah all full-size trucks trucks, yep And and a box with no rack, no rig rack, it's big yeah. enough for a couple dogs. A couple dogs, normally a, a thing, and it's just like because I did the Automoks one one year, and I was like, yeah, I mean, just way different. And I'm like, yeah, man, these different. guys, they, they just hunt differently. You're not you're hunting on foot, you know. These here, it's like, man, we cover sixty hundred, yeah, you know, miles and miles and miles of just driving in a day. Cutting fire, you know, cutting logs out of the road, getting stuck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I that rig rails for your cooler and your chainsaw. Yeah, right. and so, yeah, um, it is a whole different, you know. And <clears throat> obviously, I don't know how much you guys sell to the south or or back east completely, but it seems like my line is around the Mississippi River. I mean, anything on this side of it is where they go, and very rarely do we sell to, you know, Georgia and Florida, you know, I stuff like that. that. We don't sell very many out that direction. I mean, a few. Uh, I remember we did that one up in like Nova Scotia. Yeah, we did a Nova Scotia yeah, box. Yeah, but for the most part, it seems like that they, you know, they have what they, what they like, and it's just not really the same kind of market. And there's a lot of options for them. You know what I mean? That's the other thing about yeah. getting into the South and the coon hunting and stuff like that. And and a lot of people, you know, like it, it, it just doesn't cost effective for us to like, you like, I don't, I guess I shouldn't use names, but like Owen's dog box. You know what I mean? What's another dog box name? So I can, Diamond, Diamond Deluxe. Diamond Deluxe. Oh, and you know what I mean? All those different coon hunting boxes. And the they, price point on them is a shock for some uh, people. We had that exact same conversation. Right. So, I mean, this is the way I look at it is, you know, I did look at one of those competitors and they make something 
I wouldn't say similar, but it does have, uh, you know, two doors. It has a rack that, you know, one company does make a rack mm-hmm. sort of that goes on a box. And I think they sell it for around 14 or 15, but then you'd have to pay for them to create and ship it. And when that gets to your door for around that same price as what we're going to be at with this, the box is lesser quality. You just got it shipped and you didn't have to spend 15 minutes, you know, yeah. to put it together. It's pretty much the difference. And I don't think a lot of, you know, when you don't know and you don't see it, this is all really good aluminum grade you know it's not thin yeah everything's know. stainless as far as our hardware yeah you should see buddy lounged out on the top of this thing he's like kick back and- i'm sitting on top of it yep um but you use really good thick grade aluminum i mean it, it i don't know what your your spec yeah, on your eighth inch, yeah eighth inch and uh you know the, the the bars are welded good everything about it is built it's a, it's a lifetime box. I mean, you shouldn't have to yeah. mess with it. Funny story, since we're talking about that, um, one of your probably good customers uh, bought a box for me a few years back, and I guess they threw it into a different truck, and he was his wife or something was driving down the down the freeway with it, and it blew out. Like, it, it came out of the truck. It wasn't bolted down or, or strapped down or nothing. And, and uh, Yeah, that's a weird thing whenever you see something come out of the back of the pickup. Yeah. Have you ever seen that happen? Not not a dog. I've had grills. Like, I've had recliner chairs. <laughs> like a whole bunch so, of stuff. It just lifts straight up out of the truck. Yeah. And just like moves it, itself. I think it was one of those like, I don't know, Wyoming, Montana, you know, one of those yep. big open and uh, semi-pass and that gust blew. And anyway, that box come out at about 70 miles an hour and it hit and I guess rolled down the side, you know, like a tumbleweed. And, uh, you know, it was one of our boxes, fully welded together box, but it... Uh, it's it was damaged, but not nothing was broken beyond being able to be used. Door still open and shut. The rack still on it. And oh, wow. I mean, there's a corner smashed and everything. So he did order a new box that I actually just shipped out this week. But the, I mean, he was so impressed that you know if you were to, I, I would assume just about any other box company, it probably would have been in pieces. You're picking up off the highway like a piece of furniture. Yeah. Know? So I was I was impressed to get to see one. Not that you want to see that ever happen, but to see something that could fall out doing 70 down the blacktop and uh, right. and still pretty much be 100% so, usable. Oh, yeah. It's no. pretty impressive. That so. is a, and if you ever seen that, it's just like, if, if she was watching, she was driving and watching it, it's just, it's just the weirdest thing to watch something lift out of the back of your bed of the pickup truck and be like, oh, it's going to go. <laughs> you just drive out from under it. <laughs> and it's just like slow motion. It just happens in slow motion. Yeah, and I it had, wasn't light. I mean, it was over probably 200. 225 pound box it wasn't a small yeah so strap your boxes down guys you should probably well he had it for years it was in his normal truck but they put it in something else just to move move it or something yeah i'm not sure the deck story but it did come out so so. what's the the weight on this box because a lot of guys ask me is like well can one guy load it which i load my alder grove by myself right so this will be about 80 pounds less than the one you have so Mm -hmm. this thing weighs in well all boxed up with all the hardware was 131 pounds so i'm guessing the box is around 125 maybe 130 at the most so it's not too bad yeah one guy can and they're long enough i mean my little trick is i flip it on the tailgate or flip it on and flip it up on its door side back up yeah Yeah, back up to it and then lift and push and make sure you got it on there far enough and so like these ones you know they're you know they're two foot tall they're 40 inches wide and four feet deep so you should be able to fit this in any small or large truck Mm -hmm. Uh, right on cool um Another story about dogs or dog boxes coming out when I was first starting, had a, a wood dog box and I was out in the woods, just bombing up the road and it just come right out of the truck. And I had me, it was me and a buddy and he had a lab like this, this mutt lab out of the, I don't know where it was from, but you know, you one of them rescue dogs, whatever. And I had a, my dog, my hounds and 
get to the spot and it's like, shit, there's no dog box. <laughs> you know, dog, turn around, haul ass back, right in the yeah. middle of the Ravelga Road. You know, just, just there's a dog box sitting there. Yeah. Let the dogs out, lift it up in there. My dog, you know, the hound just wow. right back in the dog box, jumps right in like that nothing lab, happened. That lab part. didn't forget. Oh, no. that lab will <laughs> no never, ever. I mean, it just sees a dog box and it has a freak, freak out session. I did, uh, I did something similar. I had a small truck. It broke like as usual back in right out of high school. And I, I threw my wood dog box in the back of a, my full-size truck and we're out. And, you know, it was back when I tie the dogs up to the, to the rail, you yeah. know, it was, it was bear, you know, bear and coon dogs. And, uh, anyway, <clears throat> dog box wasn't strapped in, didn't think about it. It was going up a road and the dog struck probably trash. I don't even remember, but they hit hard three or four dogs on top and they pulled that whole box just stood right up and it <laughs> fell right out of the back with the dogs tied up to it oh, and uh, and I didn't notice it I just kept driving you know I was yelling at him to shut up or whatever <laughs> I turned I'm like shit I couldn't see him out the back and I turned around and they're, you know they're tied to it and everything and it was upside down and they're all yanking and pulling and got that thing flipped back over and turned them loose and I don't even think we got that track going actually but anyway the dogs were sitting there you know, a couple of them were underneath that rack, almost like in a cage upside. Yeah. It was completely upside down, just sitting right yeah, there in the middle of the perfect. road. Yeah, that was, uh, so I strapped them in ever since then. And they just jumped right on top like nothing ever yeah, happened? Yeah, no, they, well, they took off. And once I did them, they well, I'm talking about running. the next time you got them load oh, yeah, up. Yeah. They're, 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 that's what the hound, they're just like, whatever, they're, dude, don't do that shit again. Dude, Can you were, tie it down th- next those time? Were, those were the days when, you know, it weren't like these, you know, prancy, pussy-footed cat dog stuff. Now, these were, uh, these were some... Some more like I call them bear dogs, right? Mostly plot <laughs> dirt, blue, blue tick, plot crosses, and they they're the kind of dogs where you know you'd uh, you could put some juice to them, light them up like a Christmas tree, and they'd do the same thing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're rough, hard. Ba- back when guys, I don't know, maybe you guys still do, but you know, you had a cattle prod in the passenger seat and a whip. I'd always get a big old stick, you know, whip branch, so you could smack them from behind before you owned a GP. <laughs> you know, this is before GPS and the. And uh, <laughs> those are telemetry those are on them. You know, you might have had a shotgun. Yeah, it's weird too. You know, I think hound hunting's taken off so much just because of GPS systems. Yeah, everybody oh, yeah. can go out and do it. And I'm not saying I did it a long time before, but I definitely started out with bells on coon dogs, and finally got a you know telemetry system and looked for dogs for three, four days, and trying to figure out how those worked. And it is weird now to see how easy a guy can spend a, just a few hundred dollars on used equipment, and you know. Drop, buy a, dog drop of a hat in it and yeah, drop a hat go catch something a month after he starts yeah he's lucky yeah it's changed a lot as far as any for the good dog for and... you and me and everybody else that does dog stuff related but <laughs> right. it is well you even think you didn't see dog boxes like this no you know what i mean like even if you, if you really well, think you didn't about see it. brand new trucks you know when you started you didn't i had old junk i mean we were all running around like joe 90 you know? toyota pickups <laughs> or you know old flatbedded f-150s that were rangers yeah to, and now to. you know i mean now you got a, a nice pickup you know which is it just some of it's good you know for the image and and you know like yeah you've it had is. to change in, in, in some respect but but you know Everybody just talks about the Garmin, and it's like, man, there's there's been more changes than just Garmin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that has been one component of it, but right. there's a lot more people having a, a new Toyota pickup, you know, set up and a, yeah. a really nice dog box, and you know, I mean, it, right. It, I would say, like at least the local ones that I sell, um, it's obviously mostly like Toyotas, but mm-hmm. even new, you know, even full sizes. I don't think I've made more than a handful of boxes that went into an older truck. It's just, you know, most of the guys are always pulling up in something. They just rolled off a lot. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Put a lot of, people put a lot into this. Yeah. It, I mean, if you, yeah. The revenue 
I mean, that goes into hound hunting is unreal. When you think about the fuel expenses, I know that there's months I spend $800 in fuel. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So that was one of the things I looked at when I was, you know, thinking about if I were going to sell out to, to move and I was, you know, to save to maybe get to another state was the expense. You know, I'd had a, I opened up another account just to put dog box money. And the reason I did these dog boxes and started was just for money to hunt with hounds. You know, this always has come second. That's why it never really was the a main thing. It was always just sort of, well, I'll, I'll make them to afford to hunt my dogs. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd saved up, you know, quite a bit, you know, double digit with a common number for fuel. And it was like a year later and that account was empty and I'm swiping my debit card again. And I'm just like, man, the amount of fuel you put through. Yeah. Unreal. Vehicle, you know, and that's just hunting out of like a Toyota or whatever. And that's actually, you know, like why I got. Yeah, now you got little, that diesel. Little diesel Colorado that gets you know, 24, 25 in the woods. But even that, you know, it's still, it, it racks up quick. For guys. And that's the thing too, is, you know, anybody that hunts the same spot a lot, you know, that's fine. But, uh, you know, anybody should normally get bored. You know, you yeah. get bored going to the same place. So I'd always, you know, traveled and, and you know, hunted a few hours from home quite often. So well, it, it racks up miles and wear and tear. And so well, and I think on the west side more so than, than the east, you know, they're driving to their hunting spots. You might have an hour drive, but like we'll drive, an hour to our hunting spot and then spend eight hours driving around looking for a cat or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, most of the guys, yeah, most of the guys that are, are doing it out this way, I feel like they're, you know, they're hunting eight to 10, 12 hours in a day, you know. It's not it's not much to hunt from 4 a.m. to 4 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it seems like, to. We need to get another shindig together like uh, last year and not have the uninvited guests show up. Oh, yeah, the, the cascade. The wolf, the wolf situation. That was gnarly, but that was yeah. that was a good time. That was cool to see. Yeah, the guy <laughs> yeah. getting in there for a while. That yeah, place it was all burned sh- up, didn't it? Closed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we oh. did. That was pretty fun. We did. I did something similar with with beagles years ago. That's sort of what made me want to do do it with the cat dogs um, last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was with Sean and Jake and stuff, and me. We uh, yeah, that was fun. I think you know most everybody caught something out there, whether it was a a cat or a coon or a right. who knows what i don't know exactly what everybody <laughs> did out there but yeah the wolves came in on on those guys i never actually did get to see one i seen some tracks and stuff but the wolves came in on in between sean and jake's dogs and you know sketchy situation i think we rigged one that morning right there at that big pit rock kind of yeah. culvert spot yeah that would have been would have been fun we cut that short that trip yeah. short yeah I, uh, that was a, I just got that truck off the lot. It was the, the first lot. trip yeah, with that truck, se- wasn't Second it? day I owned that truck and I put it down the side of some of those, uh, manzanita bushes and. What happened to your tailgate there? Oh, that was, uh, I was hunting, I started low where there was no snow down in Tillamook on the coast. And, uh, when I was, I put the dogs in cause it started to get snow and I was trying to find a spot to turn around and I was pretty much stuck in a ditch and I sort of just put the back corner of the truck against the bank. Yeah. And just, you know, bring her around. cranked it and just whipped the front end around and let it do what it had to do to the tailgate. So within three months of owning that thing, it was getting a little. <laughs> Looks like a respectable yeah. hound. So you got rig. turned around. But you got turned around. Mm-hmm. Got turned around and got out of there. Didn't catch nothing. Had to head down to lower ground and get away from that snow. <laughs> I had stock tires on it. You know, there was, you know, it was uh, getting sticky. Nobody else was out there, so. Yeah, I don't I don't think too many of them, them full-size I mean, I've, I've put this thing out. That's why I keep a hitch in there. It's like, put that in the, in the ditch there yeah. on, on the fence. Just, just slide the front end down. It's like, yeah. Just back yeah. it up and crank it. Keep going. We had to do that whenever you, the first time I, was that when I probably ran over your dog? Yeah, I think that was the same trip. 
Yeah. Yeah, we got up in some snow and had to turn around, so I just put that in the I'm ditch. I'm guessing you don't let him road anymore, the dogs? Yeah. Well, he had this dog. We haven't hunted together since. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's partly because I, I live down there. Yeah, I can say I've... Uh, I've never ran over a dog. I have had one get underneath the truck while I'm driving, though. Well, that's, close. I mean, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. She uh, yeah. she bumped a deer, and I shocked her. And Hard. She's, oh, yeah. I bumped. Well, well, bump means there was no more volume you, or no more numbers you could crank <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I figured a dog of her age should not be doing that. She knew darn good and well she wasn't supposed to chase him. And then she didn't really want to move out from under the truck. You yelled at Buddy, just go, she'll move. And then he <laughs> ran her over. No. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Now, no, that is baloney. I said, she's not going to road. Let's just throw her in the truck. And you said, she'll be fine. And she was for a little bit. She, no, she was all right. She ended up. I, I had to. How old was it? Uh, she's probably four. If I had a four-year-old that bumped deer, I might accidentally run it over. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I said. She knew she wasn't supposed to, so. Oh, yeah. She was just she's hung a blue by tick, my front man. tire. I, man, you talk about first, first, I don't know, this first time we were, me and Jason. Bounce check. Bounce just check. <laughs> Run over my over dog. puppy. Or not a puppy, but. Yeah, a four-year-old puppy. Four-year-old puppy. <laughs> Brent was <laughs> four-year-old puppy. Only a hound guy would get that joke. Oh, man. Um, and I'm still here. It worked yeah. out all right. Yeah. It takes a, takes a punishment. But that wasn't even this truck, was it? That was the no, old board, the one that, that was busted my... at Mike's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. I had I got this one because that one was that one wouldn't turn on. It would still can't figure out some electrical issue. So uh, what do you got for dogs now? Same dogs I've had for a while. I got a couple blue ones, a white one, and a red one. I'm at this point where I haven't been able to hunt as much as I wanted. Right? I mean, it's it's been a kind of a weird right. year, and uh, the dogs are getting older, which is kind of nice. But you get that time where it's like you got to get a puppy in there somewhere and, and the puppy i got i'm i think she'll i think she's gonna do okay i mean i think she's gonna do fine but i just don't like her her personality is she the white one no the black oh, no one. the yeah. black one <laughs> i didn't like that dog for like two and a half years and now she's like a firecracker but personality i was actually talking to my wife last night about it i was like you know she's like well she starts turning out you gonna keep her i said well She's got to do better than turn out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because I don't I like her like personality. Her. Like I, you know what I mean? Like she's a sweet dog and you know, she's always wanting pets and you know, which the kids love her and you know, all right. that. but, um, do you feel that? <clears throat> Cause you're one of the, I mean, I know a couple of guys, I guess like two that have their hounds around the house and, and in the house, especially or with kids. Do you feel like that? I mean, obviously that's got to make them handle easier, quicker, at yeah. a younger age and they, you know, they're more part of the family. Do you think that that's, have you ever noticed any problem with having them in the house and then you take them out in the 22 degree snow and they ever get cold no. easier or any of that? No. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some of that, you know what I mean? Like they aren't probably as hardy as, as right. somebody, in, but I don't have enough to really the conditions here. Are not like, yeah, it's not like Canada, you know, where you're like negative degrees. So, but they've gone up there and hunted too, you know? Um, right. Uh, so I don't see a ton of it, but I do, I wouldn't say they're as hardy as a, an outside dog. Um, there's benefits like with the kids, like I had that white dog was super, super shy, like just really shy. And those kids made that dog like, yeah, it, the rest of that litter is no, is, is not existent. You know, like that, the rest of that litter didn't make it. That's the only dog out of that litter. And I fully attribute that to the kids. Yeah, they just, had just, yeah. 
played with it and hammered it and she was but now she's good with me you know what i mean but i didn't for the longest time i was like yeah i'm not gonna keep this dog you know i mean she's just she's like a coyote you know right and and uh she's still got she's a little tighter mouth than i than i personally like but um i mean she's firecracker and so this little black this little pup i got now she's gonna she's a year just just turned a year so this is the year to see what she'll do i don't really i'm not sold on it yet not sold on it i don't i I never like her personality in the beginning she'd always like cower and pee a little bit you know what i mean and and maybe i was a little rough sometimes i try not to be but yeah sometimes you just can't figure that out you know what i mean and and i just told my wife like i don't like her you know, if she if she turns it on in the woods, okay. But she's got to do better than just average. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I I don't I don't like her. But yeah. If I'm gonna keep her, she's got to do good. That makes sense. So it so seems I, like it looked like I, mean, I don't know your dogs at all, but it looks like you have mo- more mostly the the houndier hounds that you probably use for you know trailing in the snow more and and stuff. It looks like right. I mean that's yeah. sort of how. Yeah the the white one comes out of some like desert stuff. You know, like desert. Right, but still that colder nose trailing style of, of dog. But you wouldn't think. I mean, what I've learned and, and what I've seen is that hound and running dog and whatever is, is those, even those desert dogs aren't as much as of a houndy hound as you would think. You know, they are move up, get up and move, you know, like. They just pick not, their head up. Yeah, pick their head up. You know what I mean? So right, it's, I was it's just, just kind of yeah, weird. I was just curious because like the only time I've, you know, like, uh, like lynx hunting up in BC, um, we, I didn't go, I made a box for a guy and, uh, my buddy went though and, and took dogs up there, um, like the run in style, like yeah. what most of us guys over here have. And the difference was, is his would trail and they were side by side with, you know, old blue and that red tick and all this stuff that yep. those guys use for lion mostly for those guides. But, you know, as soon as that track gets to that that little bit warmed up more stage, his dogs were 200, then 300, then 400 yards ahead. And by the time they had that lynx jumped, you know, those, those other style dogs, more like that, like what Mike Kemp and those guys, you know, that kind of stuff, they were treed before the hounds even could, yeah. you know, figure it out. And so I was, it seems like if you try to mix those two, it can get challenging, two different styles. So the one lynx that I was up there with, and some of it I think is a different style of hunting. So, um, over here, the we, you know, for for me, like like whenever I caught the links up there, I mean, it was five hundred yards in front, four hundred yards in front of those other. I mean, they'd already crossed the road twice, and you know, zipped back around, and my dogs come up there and, and cut, and they all stayed together, and so because they were in shape, I mean, they were hunting, and so some of it I think is is you know how in shape they are and stuff like that, um, but but yeah, I seen the same thing with my dogs where when I went up there. And hunt with the guy that I was up there with. I mean, that my dogs were treed before his dogs even crossed the road. I mean, it was right. just like it was night and day. Yeah, that's what that's what always makes me wonder. You know, I think on the west side, I think people out here, at least the guys that are catching game consistently, they probably hold their dogs to a pretty high standard. Compared, yeah. I mean, just I mean that guy. You know, I'm not going to say anything names, but you know, he's offering big money for anything that was brought up there. You know, to fill tags because yeah. they're just. It's just a whole different ball game. Yeah. So I really think, and and I've seen this, you know, like I said, uh, with, with desert dogs and coast dogs and, you know what I mean? So it's just a different, we're in a little pocket here that has some really dedicated 
hunters yeah. and some yeah. dedicated dogs. And so sometimes I think that running dog hound, you know, there's a, there's, there's like a mesh in there where it's like, okay, you look at a hound and somebody's definition of a hound and somebody's definition of running dog, they're, they're actually a little more closer together than oh, of what course. you would think, you know? And, and so, you know, people say, oh, I got this running dog and, and they go over somebody who's dedicated on the West coast. Right. That has what you would call hounds. And those hounds are not right. You know, poking along you know what i mean it's like okay that's that's a different definition of a, a plotty hound that's just you know plunking or along blue and ticking. right you know blue ticking along so it's you know i haven't figured that out but i just i just seen because i was the same way i was like oh running dogs and running dogs and hounds and it's like well the hound that i like is gonna move too mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, it right it, i'm it, just saying i guess knowing what I had and most of the, the bigger name guys that have what I would say is the Walker looking dogs, almost all of that does have some running blood in it. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it's five eighths running blood, which, you know, I mean, everything I had was either from almost nothing to about over half, you know, right. nothing was, nothing was more running really, right. except for one, which was that Tanner dog. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just seemed like if they have that little bit extra edge, I seem, I mean, they generally don't cold trail that well, and they don't really stick on a track for hours, you know, if you're trailing, but you're hoping that they're trailing that track quicker than maybe yeah. that dog that is going to stand and, and grub up slower on that track. But a lot of times they won't take that same track, you know? And I think yeah. a lot of it is to guys not letting them work it. I, Cause I've seen firsthand dogs that have been, you know, they'll tell you, Oh, they're not cold nosed. But after hunting with them for several months and letting right. them oh, quit hot yeah. tracking them, basically, you know, moving on trying to find, then all of a sudden you start seeing them yeah, adjust. That's, a, that's actually a great example. I, I bought a dog, a young dog, from a pretty well-known guy that does a lot of that hot track stuff and uh, or however you want to call that. And she was the same way. She would stick it out with some of mine when I would say they you know, were cold trailing. But by the time that first season was fully over with her, you know, she would strike, get down and work the same track mm-hmm. that they did, even though she wouldn't have done it before just because she wasn't really getting that same exposure to it. Yeah. I mean, some of it has to be having the nose to do it, but yeah. it's definitely, if you don't let them work on them. I think track style is the biggest factor. Yeah. That's probably my biggest pet peeve about dogs. Like, right. I had, you know, I've seen a few exceptional dogs that know how to move a track, not, not straddling the track, but drifting it. You know, I always just called it leapfrogging. You know, if I, yep. if dogs strike and you got four or five dogs down and they're working together that's great but i i've always seemed to like a dog or two that would get out ahead of them and not care where it was they care about where it's at so they might have gone the wrong way swinging over looking but at least they're 80 yards ahead and you hear that dog's got it and everybody should shut up get to that dog not bark not try to trail to where he is or she is just jump it just leapfrog it because i've been with people so many times that take an hour to move what I felt like should take 15 minutes and that's the difference. It's not about who can run the fastest when it's jumped. It's getting that track to the jump point. A lot of those dogs that, you know, dog barks here and here and everybody's going to hang around those dogs and not just try to figure it out on their own. Right. And, uh, that's probably, uh, I would agree. That's probably my biggest pet peeve about hounds in general is when you have a whole bunch that just want to put around together. And I think trying one, well, I think it was the Bobcat gathering at JC's. It's been years ago. I think you were there, but JC and I were talking and a couple of guys and they were bugging me. When are you going to get rid of the blue dog and get this running stuff? And I said, I'm not going to do one because it's point, you know, you get one and then you've got 
four dogs that are a different track style. Right. Yeah, you like, can't. Yeah. You're never going to make out. anything worth crap out of either one of them, it seems like. Great you know? example. I had a, a close buddy that I hunted with a few years ago, and we hunted the first year. I had some dogs with cat hunting, and he had dogs. And, you know, we you know we caught 20, 25, whatever it was that first year together, and it was great. And our dogs meshed okay. You know, it wasn't perfect, but I went a different route. I got rid of what I had for the most part, bought what I wanted, the direction I wanted to go with the faster, more head-up style of that dog. And he sort of stayed where he was or went almost the other way. And he's one of those guys that can go out every weekend and catch one or two cats, no matter what. You know, he's got good dogs. But we can't hunt together. You know, last two years, we right. got together a handful of times maybe because it's, it's such a, a mess trying to put those. It's so different. They all look the same. They're all tricolor looking walkers, but they're not the same. Yeah. And it just, you know, that's the one negative. And I think some of it, I think, I think a lot of that comes from the, the hunter as well. Like your style of hunting and what you expect those dogs to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to have good stock to start it with. But, but I think setting those expectations, you know, like how hard you want them to work on a, an old track. You know what I mean? Or, or for me, a lot of it was barking too. I don't like dogs that bark. Like mm-hmm. I don't, if you're cold channel, I don't want to hear you, you know, yeah. and, and maybe his barked a lot which kept, keeps younger dogs that, I, you know, you got a year and a half old dog that, you know, bark, 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 these dogs barking a bunch. Well, that dog that was 80 yards that I was talking about opened four times because he found the track up there. But none of these dogs know because there's two just still barking here. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. that they're not working it as fast as him. They just aren't there. Oh, yeah. So not it's, advancing. it's one of those things where then I'm, I'm telling him shock tone those dogs back there because this dog just opened. And it's, it's almost one of those things where you know, I like quiet unless you found the track, you know, and. Well, I think there's two different yeah, there's ways of hunting. There's, way, yeah. there's going hunting and turning loose and what happens, happens. And then there's like the quarterback captain. I mean, when you're trying to make those style of dogs yeah, work, that's all. there's I mean, a lot to of me, that's, yeah. To me, it's, it, it's enjoyable. I mean, but the enjoyment I always got wasn't catching something. It was trying to make a better dog or a better mm-hmm. pack. It's not really about what kind of, it doesn't matter. Even with like the beagles I have, I'm the same exact way, you know, if, if they're doing anything that should, you know, it's, you're sitting there, musical chairs on who you're going to correct on the next thing or whatever, you yep. know? Yeah. At least that's how I look at dog hunting. I agree. Cool. Well, we better wrap this up. I got a meeting We got to get Buddy to a meeting. Meeting that you already missed, didn't you? I, I, well. It was just a half hour late. I was actually going to be an hour late. They rescheduled it for me. The story Perfect. of my life. He's kind of a big deal. I'm just a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> changed it for well, me. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate you <laughs> yeah. coming on. Yeah, awesome. I'll go of dog boxes. We're going to get these bolt together boxes, and and uh, you make a really nice box. I'm actually I've been using it for a long time. I haven't put little uh, you like custom built mine, so I can pick mine up with my forklift. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, we do that on them. We can. They need custom ones. We can do it up. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Yep, Brian. Appreciate it. <laughs>